You know, <clears throat> all of us here, <clears throat> in one way or another, including you moms <clears throat> and you stay-at-home moms, spend probably 40 to 70 hours a week working at our jobs. And a lot of Christians, that's the, you know, they think when they hear about the Great Commission and telling others about the good news of Jesus Christ and going and make disciples, so many people think to themselves, Mark, I want, I want to be one of those people that go, but I'm stuck at my job. You know, I'm stuck behind my engineering desk all day long, or I'm stuck doing web work, or I'm stuck teaching a class, or I'm, you know, a machinist, or I'm an electrician, or I'm a nurse, or whatever it is you are, or I'm a mom. What can I possibly do? Others think, have told me, I wish I could do what you do, Mark. You're actually doing something, you know, so direct and involved in the kingdom of God and building the kingdom of God. And I want to help you understand something tonight that for me, when I came to understand this as a young man, it was one of those epiphanies. It was one of those life-altering moments in my Christian experience. <clears throat> what I want to help you understand tonight is this. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, in verse 15, it says this. It says, We've been, we, we are to live as free men and women. We've been given our freedom. But do not use your freedom as an opportunity for sin. Rather, live the rest of your life as servants of God. So let me ask this question. You don't have to answer it, but I want you to think about it in a moment. What is the most important job in the world? The most important job in the world is being a servant of God. <clears throat> and every one of us in this room, every man, every woman, if you know Jesus Christ, you are meant by God to be a full-time servant of God. But that did not mean that we all do full-time ministry, as in missionary work, pastoring work. Rather, God wants us to see that all of your jobs, all of your work, is as significant to God as my preaching and teaching the Bible. And the Bible teaches us that all of our work is meant to do for the glory and honor of God. And I'd like to read a few passages to you tonight and then um, get into this because it's incredibly important that you understand how important to God your job really is. Your work matters to God. In Ephesians chapter 6, we have an interesting passage in Ephesians 6. We have instruction for children, for moms... For dads and for slaves. <clears throat> now, you need to understand, if you're a single person here tonight, it's not that God doesn't care about single people. It's that in the New Testament, primarily, people were a wife or a husband, a kid, or a slave. Male or female slave. In fact, scholars believe that in the early church in Jerusalem, as the church grew and there were 15,000 and 20,000, they estimate that almost 80% of the people involved were slaves. They were owned by someone else. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> in a modern city like Minneapolis, <clears throat> we don't in, 
in the, in the sense of the biblical word, we're not slaves. We're not owned by someone else. But our jobs, all of our jobs, have in some ways a master-servant relationship. Almost all of us have a boss. And some of our bosses are nice, and some days they're not nice, and some of our bosses can be just plain jerks all the time. But God wants us to understand something very important, so listen carefully to this, okay? Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect. Serve them sincerely as though you were serving Christ. Work hard, but not just to please your master when they're watching. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we're slaves or free. This is a profound passage of Scripture. Because to be honest, most people, and I know what this is like, I know what this feels like, you get up out of bed in the morning and you think to yourself, I sure wish I didn't have to go to work. I wish I was independently wealthy. We see work actually, generally, as a necessary evil. And yet from the very beginning of God creating man, work was not a curse. Work was a blessing. I personally, personally, I can't imagine life without work. The greatest If I were to say I have a a fear, and I've had many in my life, and some I had to wrestle through, but but one great one that still looms in my life is becoming useless. Anybody see the movie Secondhand Lions? That movie made me cry. Because I understand exactly how Michael Caine and Michael Duvall felt or Robert Duvall and Michael Caine, when they, you know, they're just living out their life, their glory days are gone, they're useless, they're old, they're just putzing around, their life has no meaning, no relevance, no significance. I, I, I can't even imagine a day in my life coming when I might not be useful. My greatest desire is to please God and be useful to God. And one of the ways in which we do that is our work, whatever that work is. Work is not a curse. And we are to have an attitude that says, hey, today when I'm designing this web, this new web page, I am serving Christ. Hey, today when I'm watching those children, I'm changing those diapers, when I'm grocery shopping, I am doing this for Christ. And yet, to be honest, the reality is, most people don't think that way. See, when we come to Jesus Christ, he, he begins a reprogramming process. <clears throat> we've been recreated, and we've been recreated by God for a life that's full of meaning and purpose. But we have to learn how to reprogram our mind. <clears throat> we have to learn how to take a new view of life, not the view the world has. We're living in a day and age, I could just tell you so many statistics, things just, just, I just read today. We have the most unemployed men we've ever had. 
the most unemployed working-age people, men and women, that we've ever had. Almost, I believe the current figure is 90 million. We have more living off your tax dollars and people, many, not all, who just don't want to work. Lots of young men. And we just kind of live to have fun. But God has a different standard for us. And God wants us to see that when we go to our job every single day, I am serving Christ. When I'm waiting on that table, when I'm preparing that meal, and I'll never forget when I first came to understand this, how it changed my job as a machinist. Because I first started following Christ, I was a machinist at the time. And I just stood behind a machine all day long. And I knew God had called me to become a pastor. I knew that. I knew that the first week I started to follow Christ. But I knew, how would God ever use me as a pastor if I did not develop this mentality now as a machinist? If I don't believe I'm serving God with the skill that I'm using now, if I don't serve my boss as though he's Christ, if I don't give my very best to God now, then why would I give my best to God later? And I began to see that God, his plan is to have hundreds of thousands, millions of Christ representatives out there in the trenches every single day living a revolutionary life with a revolutionary perspective and a revolutionary mentality. In the book of Colossians, I want to read this to you, chapter 3, says this in verse 23. Work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do, as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and the master you are serving is Christ. The master you're serving is Christ. Your work and how you do your work matters to God. Whether you're a teacher, a delivery person, an engineer, a mechanic, a salesman, a truck driver, a web designer, a carpenter, a hairstylist, or a mother working at home with her children. How you do your work, how you do your job is most important to God. We do not glorify and please God if we do our jobs with ungodly character. Ungodly character at our job dishonors God and it distracts from our message and from his son, Jesus Christ. On the other hand, work that is done with godly character and work that is well done glorifies God, honors God. It attracts people to the Christian message and to our Savior. It causes those around you to respect you and your beliefs. <clears throat> Let me show you a verse in Thessalonians. <clears throat> I don't know that I've ever heard anyone teach on this verse. This should be your ambition to live a quiet life. By that, it means undisturbed, unpersecuted, <clears throat> minding your own business. Oh, that's the next sentence. Mind your own business. 
That doesn't mean we don't, we don't share Christ with others. It means don't be a busybody. And work with your own hands, just as we commanded you. As a result, people who are not Christians will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others to meet your financial needs. Wow. <clears throat> what a testimony we could have if the church of Jesus Christ in America, <clears throat> individual Christians, brought this mentality, this mentality to their work into their job. <clears throat> is the way you do your job, ask this question of yourself, is the way I do my job making Christ and Christianity attractive to others? Does it cause those around me to respect me and my beliefs? If not, then the way I do my work is not glorifying God. It's not glorifying to God. <clears throat> I want to just go over with you several things that are so critically important for how you do your job, okay? <clears throat> how you do your job. These have been things that have helped me immensely. People have come up to me, well, I'll comment on it in just a moment. The first one, the first one, <clears throat> is hard workers glorify God, lazy workers do not. Do you give your best effort <clears throat> every day at your job? Do you strive to be excellent in what you do. Do you give your best or do you just get by? By the way, this applies to students too. <clears throat> what kind of testimony is your study habits? What kind of testimony are you in class? Are you attentive to what you're being taught? <clears throat> I'll tell you a little secret. The habits you have as a student, they'll be the habits that follow you into the work world. <clears throat> it takes a long time to undo bad habits. It's much wiser and much easier to develop good ones now. Start working on them. <clears throat> Do I work with diligence? Proverbs says the precious possession of the man is diligence. If you were to ask me the question, Mark, <clears throat> what is the single most important quality you believe that over the years you've developed and has been the foundation <clears throat> of everything in your life? Diligence. Do you know what diligence means? Here's what it means. The constant and earnest application of oneself. Persistent, 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 persistent. Done or pursued with persevering attention. Painstaking diligence. Diligence is everything. Diligence is everything. I, <clears throat> I don't care what it, what it is. My time with the Word of God, my prayer life, my time with my family, my time as a dad, my time to get better as a dad, my work around the home, whatever it is. The house is kept clean because of my diligence. My car is kept running because of my diligence. My health continues to be maintained because of my diligence. I just simply don't stop. It's painstaking effort. And you know what else? It's a joy. I love diligence. I love diligence. Diligence is the exact opposite of laziness. <clears throat> there's a time to rest. There's a time to pause. But that time is not till the important things in your life have been done. <clears throat> and diligence will bring you great success in your life. Are you diligent? On your job, are you known as the person that get things done? Or are you the person 
<clears throat> that someone has to follow up with five times, ten times to double check because you're Mr. or Miss Forgetful. Because the people are, what's your reputation? <clears throat> That's another way to ask you, what's your reputation? Can you be counted on? Do you get it done? No matter what it takes, you get it done. <clears throat> Young people, let me tell you, this, this hard work glorifies God. Diligent effort pleases God. <clears throat> it's just a matter of doing the little things over and over and over and over and over again. And if I could give you any secret in life, it's the profound power of diligence. Diligence. Look it up. Think about it. Number two, <clears throat> be enthusiastic about your work. Are you eager to serve? Is your spirit burning and on fire? Did you know that's what enthusiastic means? You know the other word it means? Passion. Have you ever not seen me passionate? In all the time that I've shared with you, 28 years, you, you can hear all the messages. <clears throat> I have a burning desire in my heart to please and honor God. I bring it to my marriage, to my relationship with Kathy, to my fathering, to my work, to what I do, to my exercise, to all of it. <clears throat> do you bring enthusiasm? Because the Bible commands it. It's not, you say, oh, Mark, that's your personality. No, the Bible commands us to be enthusiastic in our work for God. <clears throat> means to be fervent. means to be intense. Now we all have different temperaments and personalities. I'm not saying it's all going to look like me. That's not what I'm saying. <clears throat> but I'm saying... Do the people around you consider you a cheerful, eager, go-getter? You're enthusiastic. You're enthusiastic. You're a servant, and you see yourself as God's servant and the servant of others. Jesus told us the servant of all to be the greatest of all. <clears throat> Jesus said, if you want to honor God, then be a servant. Number three, <clears throat> faithful Trustworthy, reliable workers glorify God. Can you be counted on? Does someone always have to check to make sure a task got done? Do you pay attention to the details? Are you thorough? Or do you leave a lot of loose ends incomplete? <clears throat> Are you dependable? Are you punctual? Are you on time? <clears throat> These things are so important. Faithfulness in a little thing is a big deal to God. And the Bible says if you're faithful in a little, you'll be faithful in much. But if you're unfaithful in a little, you'll be unfaithful in much. <clears throat> Last week, we talked about pleasing God. You cannot please God or bring him honor and glory if you're lackadaisical and unfaithful. And you can't be counted on. If you say you're going to be somewhere, are you there? If you say you're going to bring something, do you bring it? If you say, count on me, can you be counted on? <clears throat> Man, I want to tell you, this is one of the greatest qualities <clears throat> that means so much to a woman. 
And I can tell you, I, <clears throat> my wife can count on me. My family can count on me. My friends can count on me. They can count on me. If I said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. <clears throat> and if for some reason I can't, I give them as much possible notice as I can and the very thorough explanation as to why I could not. <clears throat> but very rarely, very rarely in my life have I not followed through on what I said I was going to do. <clears throat> God is faithful, and we're to be like God. <clears throat> and he wants us to be faithful. And he wants us to be people who are eager to serve and eager for good works. And we're eager to do our job. And we love it because we love Christ. We love Christ. The Lord, I'm serving you today. <clears throat> I've had so many. I was a machinist. I was a breakfast cook. <clears throat> My wife and I were cooked for sororities. I was a salesman. I sold auto parts. I worked at a parts department of an Oldsmobile Cadillac dealership. <clears throat> and I can tell you, as God is my witness, I worked on my attitude every day. I'm not saying I was perfect. I worked on my attitude. I worked on my spirit. And I wanted to make a good impression on others, not so they go, wow, Mark's so cool. No, no, no. So they would value my beliefs and they would value my God. <clears throat> because I want to please God. I want to please God. Number four. <clears throat> God wants us to be cooperative with others. Are you easy to work with? <clears throat> it's a really good question, isn't it? Would your spouse say that you're easy to work with? Are you easy to work with? <clears throat> Are you cooperative? <clears throat> Do you strive to make others successful? Are you supportive of others? Do you take orders and directions well? Do you know how to be submissive? You know, one of the greatest compliments ever given to me, I was actually shocked by it at the time. But some of you know Pastor Mark Bowen. He's down at our Lakeville location, and he and I work on a lot of stuff together. Every Tuesday, he and Brent and I have been meeting, except for a few Tuesdays. Well, Brent and I have been meeting every Tuesday for 28 years. Mark joined us probably starting about 15 years ago. And one day he looked at me and he said to me, Mark Bowen said, Mark, you're the most submissive man I know. I was kind of taken aback by that. I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, <clears throat> he said, I know you're choleric, Mark. He said, you got all kinds of ideas. There's not a meeting wherever at. You don't have, you know, contribution to make. <clears throat> but he said, I've never seen anyone who's so strong, you have so many ideas, who's so willing to say, you know what? I just lay them out here. If you don't think they're good, no problem. And you're willing to get behind others' ideas, and you're willing to submit. Only reason why is because I want to please God. <clears throat> I want to honor and glorify God. This is not about me getting my way. This is about Christ. This is about seeing others used by God. Are you easy to deal with? <clears throat> if not, you're not going to have a very good reputation at work. <clears throat> Number five, skillful and wise. Do you strive to do your work with skill? Are you wise in the way you do your job? Do you really strive to excel and to increase the value that you bring to your company? <clears throat> Moms, I want you to think about something. 
Most of you, not all of you, but most of you are a single-income family. Dad's going to work all day. You have so much money for the food budget. Do you strive to stretch that dollar as far as you can? Have you ever thought to yourself, if he was a boss boss, am I striving to make his money go as far as it possibly can and be as frugal as I possibly can? And am I willing to make more things from scratch so that our dollar could go farther? Have you ever even thought about that? Have you ever even thought, what might happen if I became a more skilled cook? I'm not accusing anyone here of not being, by the way. I'm just asking questions. I'm just trying to stir up your heart to think about, how do I do what I do? How do you do your job? Number six, this is so significant, a great attitude. God-honoring workers strive to maintain a cheerful and encouraging attitude and presence. They aren't grumbling and complaining all the time at the job. They aren't always criticizing others, finding everything wrong. They strive to make the most of what they are given, even if they aren't given much. I could tell you some stories of God working on me with that. One particular one, I was working at this auto parts store. It was the first one I'd worked at, first sales job like it that I'd ever had. And the guy lied to me when he hired me. He told me the store was doing $20,000 a month. It was doing $8,000 a month. And I was going to get paid 6% of that. $480 a month gross. Wow. I was angry. I was hurt. I I felt really um, misled. And I thought, you know what, Lord? I have a decision to make. I've been looking for a job for three months. I'd driven in a blizzard to go apply to, for this job. The, this, the guy told me all this stuff. Oh, it's doing this much, and we'll pay you, we'll pay you money for your gas. <clears throat> Turns out they didn't pay me money for my gas. They only gave me a, what you'd call a, what's it called? They paid me a little bit of my paycheck ahead of time, and I was paying for my own gas. They fronted me money. And I remember I went out to a park one day, and I was furious. I was frustrated. I was angry. And I'm like, you know what, Lord? I just can't even believe you did this to me. I've been looking for a job. I need a job so bad to take care of my two babies and my wife and my soon-to-be third child. And this guy lied to me. And I wanted to give him peace of my mind. And then, and then it just dawned on me. Do I really believe God's going to work everything for good or not? Am I really going to trust him? Am I really going to believe him? Do I want to please God? Do I believe God can multiply my loaves and fishes at this job? So I thought, you know what, Lord? I'm going to make a commitment. Since I'm a salesman and I'm on commission, they told me I wasn't on commission. I actually was. I'm going to make a point to make 10 sales calls a day, and then I'm sneaking out here since... I'm on boss. I'm driving out to this park, hiding my car, and I'm going to make a sales call on God for one hour every day. He's the one I called on most. And I walked back and forth, and I prayed over the business. I prayed over the company. My shop was the smallest shop, the dumbest shop, the ugliest shop. I had, there was five other auto parts stores in a town of 40,000 people, and 20 of those thousand were students. Three of the stores had three delivery trucks each, and two of the stores, the girls delivered in bikinis. <clears throat> I have one truck, 
No overnight service, and I wasn't about to have a girl deliver parts in a bikini. So let's just say that uh, I was up against some really tough competition. And I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I just went out with a smile on my face, and I made call after call after call. Some people kicked me out of the store because of my boss, his reputation. At the end of that year, the business had doubled. At the end of the next year, it had tripled. Because I watched my attitude. I watched my attitude. And the last thing my wife needed for me was coming home every day. Oh, life's so crappy. And I hate my job. And everything sucks. And blah, blah, blah. And if I didn't have you guys to take care of, life would be so much better. Your attitude, man, it's everything. <clears throat> your attitude. What are the people around you? What's your attitude known for the people you live with? Your husband, your wife, your roommate, your employer, your friends. What's your reputation? The last one is kindness. Kindness matters. Are you known for your kindness and thoughtfulness to others at work? Kindness leads others to repentance. Kindness makes a man attractive. Men, the most powerful, the most powerful babe magnet you have is genuine godly kindness. It's so, such a stark contrast to the world we live in. Kindness means to make yourself useful, to think in terms of others. What's going on? How could I help them? How could I serve them? How could I be a blessing to them? Please take these things seriously. Please think about them because you are God's representative. See, here's another way to look at it. All of us are missionaries in the world. All of us, all that means is a sent one. We have been sent out by God into this world. And some of us are sent out, we're teachers. Some are lawyers. Some are grocery store clerks. Some are in the hospitality industry. Some are waitresses. Some are moms. Some are machinists. Some are construction workers. Some are engineers. But you are God's representative Bring him glory. You're working for him. And he's not only going to reward you now, but he's going to reward you for all eternity. For all eternity. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about what an impact we all could make in the world if we went about our lives and our jobs where we spend a third of our lives. What would happen in this world and in this city and at your workplace if you walked in a new person with a new attitude, with a new perspective, realizing I'm here today to serve Christ. What I'm doing here today is important as any missionary, as important as anything Mark ever does. I'm here to serve Christ. Father, we just thank you tonight for the privilege that you give us to serve you, the privilege you give us, Lord, to represent you in this world, that our work matters everything we do, every diaper changed, every meal prepared, every floor swept. Every board nailed. Every person that we deal with in customer service. Every paper that we fill out. Every form that we have to deal with. Matters because we do it for you. We can do it for you. I just ask you, Lord, you'd make us a God-glorifying church. A people who bring you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, if you would, don't forget next week to come with your uh, 
your check if you're so led to give. It, again, it, it needs to say Voice of the Martyrs, Helping Christians in Syria and Iraq. God bless you. Special envelopes for it next week.